welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Feel Felt Found. Hi everyone, this is Mike and welcome back to Manager Tools. Well, I gotta tell you, I'm thrilled that Mark has finally written this thing down. Every time we teach the Phil Felt Found method with our corporate clients or at a conference, Mark turns to me and goes like, dude, we, we, we've got to make a cast about this. And then he doesn't. So here we go. He finally has written this stuff down. So what you're going to see here is particularly when you see it work the first time is something so incredible you're going to be surprised. In almost any situation, you'll see a noticeable lessening of tension. Now, you'll probably also feel better at moving past the frustration or source of conflict that are being discussed. And when you use this with your directs, it often helps begin the process of finding solutions. And to our good friend Rich Rue, who told Mark this past week at our San Antonio Effective Communications Conference, that after reading Peter Drucker, he was more comfortable around Mark because he realized that all these great ideas weren't Mark's alone. Well, Mark didn't make this one up either. <laughs> all right, everybody, here we go. I can't remember the first time I saw you do, do this, but every time I see it now, I, I smile at how well I've seen it work over, gosh, so many years here. Yeah, I... um. When I catch myself doing it, I feel the same way. I feel lucky to have learned it. And and um, you and I have both seen the different look we get when you're saying this phrase to someone and they're hearing it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's there's definitely a bit of like wow moment there. Like, and you, you, you think like, man, hey, that, that say that again. That sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why it's a classic. Definitely. Yeah. So, okay. So, shall we get right to it? We shall. Um, this is a pretty simple cast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Please don't tell me that you've made it complex anyway. Um, maybe I have. Maybe. No, I'm kidding. No. Brevity before bloviating today. Oh, um, God. Yeah, there are three parts to the cast. Very, sim- very simple cast. Um, part one is usage. When, when do you use feel, felt, found? Part two is verbiage. What do you say? And how do you say it? And then third, body language, uh, gestures to go along with the verbal and the tonal. Wow. This this may be quick indeed. No sub bullets even. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So so let's hear about usage. Haven't I done a cast though before where I said there were no sub bullets and then I secretly revealed them as we went through? Yeah, but this is not one of those, right? Are are you sure? Yeah. I'm I'm hoping. It's not. Um, Okay. So... The, the the phrase feel felt found uh, is widely known in sales circles. Um, you know, I, I can't be sure that it originated there in sales, um, but it's a safe bet that if you Googled it, if somebody Googled it, one would find many sites that tie it to overcoming objections. The, the, the word sales and objections, I'm sure, would be... Um, would be at the top of, of a Google list of it. Right. So, so I assume, maybe I shouldn't, but I, I assume you learned this at Procter & Gamble? Oh, no, I learned it in sales class in, in the field artillery school in the Army. <laughs> yes, um, I did. I learned it at Proctor. Um, I remember thinking at the time, like I'm sure so many other people before me, that's pretty cool. Um, 
So, so let's assume it first happened in the sales context. Um, what I've actually come to realize over time, though, is that sales objections, the, the, you know, the, the first context in which, well, the context is most likely it's trained. Um, sales objections were just the sales version of disagreements or conflict. Um, and there were far more situations than just, just, uh, um, relegating it to sales and overcoming objections, um, in which it could really be useful. It was just, it wasn't just a sales phrase. Even in management, I bet. Yeah. Well, think about it. It's even more in management, right? I mean, yeah. it may have just been me, but I think, you know, okay. All of my first uses, of course, were in overcoming objections. My usage was totally driven by being on a sales call. Um, not having addressed an objection earlier in the call, whether it's hidden or not, it doesn't matter. If an objection comes up to a sale toward the end, um, then there was an objection and you didn't uncover it. Um, um, and so my usage was 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 getting objections late. Um, and of course, earlier is better in terms of handling objections. Um, and And I am certainly not the first person and there may be an entire company that's built around this and, and God bless them for it. Um, I'm not the first person to use this technique outside of a sales call. Um, I, I suspect there are a lot of folks who use it only in sales calls. They see it as a sales overcoming objection phrase. Yeah. And, and they, they see it only as valuable in that context. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but really when you abstract it a little bit, an objection is just a verbalization of some kind of disagreement. It's just a moment of conflict. And managers see that every day, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the definition of conflict is two human beings in the same county. Put 100 plus people in one building, give them short little cubicle walls to separate them, and bingo, you have conflict, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. Fact, you know, it's interesting. I almost wonder, we've got to do a series on conflict. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, conflict negotiate you know all the negotiation stuff and uh, i i think we probably need to do a pinch crunch model and some other stuff um because conflict is a huge i mean really you think about it it's a huge part of a manager's life oh it's right? a constant right it's it's the yeah it's a definition of competing resources and objectives yep. in an organization yep. exactly yeah good okay so phil felt found that usage is uh for situations of conflict yep a direct comes into your cube upset. A peer wants something and is frustrated you haven't complied with her request. An internal customer or supplier is slow. Um, or there's disagreement on the terms uh, of the arrangement. Basically, anytime you sense that you are not emotionally or rationally aligned with someone, feel felt found is a powerful way to diffuse some of the tension that may be happening. Great. You know, I, I think a great way to get into the verbiage here, which is which folks want to get, uh, would be for you to give us a couple of examples first, and then 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 let's get into the detail. How does that sound? Every every time at the conferences when we do l little longer role plays, right? When when you and I or uh, Michael and I do a little bit longer role plays, we get wow responses. Um, so so I totally agree. Um, Okay, so let's get, I'll give you two, right? Um, the first one, one of my directs, we'll, we're going to call him Terry, comes into my office and says, says to me, Mark, Robert, and Robert's on my team as well. He's, he's a peer of Terry's. Robert continues to stall on giving me the numbers for Q3. He says he'll get them to me, and then he doesn't. I, I got to have them, or I'm going to start missing deadlines. Right. And this is a classic case where the manager would uh, typically go get Robert and bring him into the office and solve the problem right there. 
but yeah. that's um, it's wrong, and that's for another cast. <laughs> <laughs> that's really wrong. Um, okay, um, right. So feel felt found here might sound something like this. Terry, I can respect how you feel here. When others don't seem to be responding to my request, I've totally felt like you do. Uh, it makes sense to me. What I found is the best approach is either some peer feedback or some questions about whether he's clear, he really does owe you the numbers, and then maybe some documentation at some point. Okay, good. Okay, how, how, what about a peer? I just want to say back, hopefully, um, if you're listening and you can rewind, listen again. There were a lot of words there, and I didn't just say, I feel, I felt, I found. Um, it was a little bit broader than that, although all three words were in there. Um, okay, second example. My peer, Kathy, we'll call her Kathy, comes in and says, I disagree with your presenta- with your approach on the presentation to the boss. Um, you're shading it too much toward operations, but I really think we need a marketing approach. And I might say, thinking, okay, Kathy and I are in conflict. I don't want this conflict to, to create a problem. We've still got to work together going forward, right? I don't want there to be a 900-pound gorilla standing between us. Right. So, so you're, next- you're defining conflict pretty broadly here, right? Because uh, yeah. to me, it sounds like there's a disagreement. And you're saying, and I agree, disagreement is a form of conflict. Yeah. Exactly. If you're not aligned, right? Uh, if you're not aligned emotionally, rationally, strategically, operationally with somebody, you're in conflict, right? Okay. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, um, what is it? You know, I always get Drucker's quote wrong about the only three things that happen naturally in organizations are friction, um, disorder, and malperformance, right? I mean, it's just the, the, the organization is inherently inefficient and, and we're not taught ways to address conflict but but you're right uh, let's be clear disagreement is conflict maybe it's level one conflict right uh it's not it's not i'm angry at her and i'm not speaking to her Good. um this is this is not conflict just short of uh physical altercations no yeah it's it's just it's just a disagreement right um um and and you could even use this in a, in a situation where you're just batting around ideas. You're past brainstorming and you're saying, hey, what about this or what about that? And you could even do it where there are two competing points of view. Not not, not that they're not as necessarily win-lose, but yeah, you, yes, disagreement is conflict. Um, I don't, we don't want people to elevate the idea that, oh my gosh, I'm in disagreement. That's like conflict. It, I think what we rather do is have people understand that conflict is a fundamental part of your nature as a manager you're always going to be in conflict with other people um a little bit more zen would be good for many people and dealing with conflict takes many different forms and this is just one of them and and generally it's for for lower level things right if you're in full-blown near fisticuffs it's unlikely you're going to be smart enough to use feel felt found yeah. Um, okay. So I, I, inter- okay. I interrupted. I'm, I apologize. No, no so, so, okay, so, so Kathy disagrees with your approach on the presentation yeah. to your boss. And I might say something like this. I can see why you'd feel that way. Totally my fault. Uh, and sorry, I wasn't more clear. I probably have felt the same way under the circumstances. Um, here's my take. What I found is the boss doesn't see it our way, the marketing way, even though we feel like we know we're right. And I don't think she'd like that approach. So I put it in her language with all the op stuff that she always asked for. Good. Okay. That that was help, helpful. So, okay. Um, it it I, I think it should be pretty obvious by now, but but let's go through it. What's what's the verbiage? Yeah, I think what we did interestingly by giving the examples, the full examples, it would be easy for people to go, "Wow, is there a feel felt found in there?" Right. Um, it's it's a little bit like a judo move in a way, in that you're you're simply um, you're setting aside. That's what I think of it as setting aside the conflict. 
by saying, hey, I've totally felt the way you felt and so on. But anyway, um, so let's walk through the three fa- phrases. They are linked loose, uh, together loosely in the sense that hopefully people saw that before. There were a lot of words there and um, feel felt found were in there, but they don't have to be so tightly linear that you feel like you're marching through the three words, getting them closer and closer all the time. Um, and you don't have to be totally precise either every time. The first step, obviously, is feel. Uh, I understand how you feel. I can see why you'd feel that way. I respect how you feel. I'm getting how you feel about this. I hear how you feel. Yeah, some people might not be noting that you did not include in there, I know how you feel. Why is that? Yeah, good. Yeah, I I didn't. Uh, Our friend Michael Swinson rightly pointed out to me a number of years ago that that usage, that phrase, I know how you feel, really isn't very effective in conflict situation. Look, it's fine if a buddy is complaining and you're simply commiserating. It's a way of showing camaraderie in in his or her misery. Um, Feel felt found isn't just showing commiseration, camaraderie, and misery. Um, Plus, as Michael shared with us, and he was dead right, telling someone you know how they feel isn't entirely accurate. Um, you probably don't know exactly how they feel anyway. Yeah. And I most know how people, I react to that. I t- no, you don't. No, you don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. My head. Um, this is, and this relates, it, it, it ties in beautifully, uh, you know, more and more and more and more. I hope people see the mandator tools focus on behavior as just being, uh, you know, a touchstone of what, what makes this stuff valuable for so many managers, because it's just like trying to give feedback about somebody's attitude, right? It's trying to give feedback about what's in their head. It irritates people. And what's the first thing we know? I mean, this ought to be manager tools, top 10. Uh, this is a test of the manager tools, top 10 to know whether or not somebody really is uh, listening on a regular basis and trying to improve their development. And that is what do people always say when you say you have a bad attitude? <laughs> No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> so, in the same way, did, did I, I got it right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, good. Okay. good. So I'm, you, I'm, you, I'm a pretty regular listener. Actually, n- number number one on it. Yeah, <laughs> number one. You may listen to us more than anybody else because you have to listen to it multiple times editing, right? Yeah, it's painful. I don't know how you do that when you got to listen to yourself. But I know case. I don't want to listen to you. Shoot, you listen to yourself bad enough, but then you got to listen to me for like ten times longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the good be, part. But go on, dude. I totally feel for you. Okay. Um, Okay, so, yeah, you probably don't exactly know how they feel, and most people don't like it, other people getting inside their heads. The purpose of the first part of the phrase, the use of the word feel, is not to commiserate, but to validate. Mm. um, um, It's to say, it's okay to feel that way, and of course, you're about to prove it by going on to say, I felt that way too in a similar situation, or I would feel like you do under the circumstances that you're in. You know, it's probably too fine a point here. We don't need to spend a whole lot of time on it. But when you say to a buddy, I know how you feel, that's sympathy. But the first step in feel felt found is really empathy. Hmm. Okay. So I understand how you feel. I can see why you'd feel that way. I respect how you feel. I'm getting how you feel about this. I hear, I hear how you feel, you know, so I, I think I get it. So right. part two of the phrase is felt. Right. And this, this, um, this is all variations on the theme of I've felt that way too, or in a manner of speaking, um, uh, now a little bit more of the sympathy, um, e- even, um, 
even if it's a somewhat removed sympathy. I felt, I felt like that before. Um, I've been there and felt that way. I've talked to others who have felt that way. Um, by the way, that last one, I've talked to others who have felt that way. That's a slight variation using another person's point of view. The point is what we're doing here in the first two steps is saying, um, we're not going to challenge how you feel. It's going to be okay for you, for the energy that you're bringing to this discussion, for this conflict, for this disagreement, for this moment, where you are is okay. If I attack your idea, what often happens in conflict situations is the person, even though they're mature enough, professionally and emotionally mature enough to separate the idea from themselves. And there are some people who are not, um, uh, if they're mature enough to separate the idea and, and you attack the idea when they're feeling they know they're in conflict with you, that conflict and the attack on the idea causes their belief. They believe that that your attack has redounded onto them and how they feel. In other words, you're simply using their idea as a straw man for attacking how they feel and saying, you should not feel that way. And quite frankly, many managers say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. And, the moment you start using should managers, it's not a good plan. Um, but but the, the point with feel and felt is to get to the issue of, hey, you know, I can see why you'd feel that way. It's okay. And now let's talk about this somewhat rationally. Right. And, and for those of you thinking that uh, feeling shouldn't be uh, something we focus on here, I think uh, we, we all make the mistake of, of vastly underestimating the the amount of, of, of feelings we act on versus oh. intellectual thought. Um, oh, that's for all it. the engineers, all the IT people, all the software developers, anyone who was drawn to the world of computers because they loved spending hours writing code and God, fabulous. We're, the world is so blessed to have people who are gifted at that. Um, that's also a choice in many, many cases about not wanting to interact as much with people and, um, uh, how people feel, um, unfortunately, including even you, drives how you behave. All human beings behave the same way. They, the world happens. They filter the world through their own paradigms of experience and perception. Um, then they think about what they saw and make sense. It's called sense making. They make sense of it. And then they decide, in a manner of speaking, how they feel about it. Only, only when we decide how we feel about it do we take action. I've said this before. This is why the word motion and emotion are so closely related. Right. Well, um, you could argue, and many have, that you actually determine how you feel about something first. Yes. And then you think, then you, then you figure out how you're going to justify it intellectually. Yeah. And, 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 Feelings and, and actions are so closely related. The problem is that because psychologists have taught many managers that how you feel drives what you do, um, that, that's not to say for some people the feelings tend to be narrower and other, for others it tends to be broader or there tends to be more thinking and less feeling or more feeling and less thinking depending upon certain people. Um, the, 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 the big issue is psychologists have led many managers to believe that what they need to do is climb upstream and get in the heads and the emotions of their directs. And you're not going to do it. You can validate it by saying, hey, I'm cool with how you feel. Right. And then take those feelings off the table so that you're not insulting their feelings when you talk about their attitudes, their ideas or their behaviors. But the only thing that people will give you an opportunity to, to mess with in their lives is their behaviors. So. Good. OK, so okay, sorry. So step one was kind of of this phrase is I understand how you feel. Step two, right. I felt that way, too. The last step is found. 
Right. Um, uh, you're basically saying, here's what my experience has shown me. Here's a different way of seeing it based on mine or other people's perspective. Here's a different approach. It suggests that I see what you're feeling. I've been there and I have an idea for how we might change where we are. It sounds like after feel felt, what I found is, or when I face that, what I found, or I found, uh, I found that one way to address this is good. Pretty simple. Good. Okay. So before we go into body language, why don't you just put all three of those together? Let's hear what it sounds like again. Okay. So let's just go back. So we've walked through all three of them. So let's, let's listen to Terry again, Terry, I can respect how you feel here. Uh, when others don't seem to be responding to my request, I've felt like you do Makes sense to me. What I found is the best approach is either some peer feedback or some questions about whether he's clear. He really does owe you the numbers and then maybe some documentation. And you know what? Let me do it again. And let me, let me on that third phrase, let me not step on the I so much. When I say what I found, it implies that, dude, you're just not smart enough. You haven't figured out what I figured out. So let me do that again. Terry, I can respect how you feel here. Um, when others don't seem to be responding to my request, I felt like you do. It makes sense. Frustrating, I know. What I found is the best approach is either some peer feedback or some questions about whether he's really clear he owes you the numbers. And then maybe some documentation at some point in the future. Good. I'm glad you went back. That That's a great yeah. point to not that to stress I. the I there. That would be very counterproductive. Yeah. And this actually. is where people say, Mark, I don't, you know, gosh, I don't, when are you going to run out of cast? Just something like that. A manager says what I found, right? And that manager's probably insecure about their role and showing off their knowledge of a new tool. Um, and, 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 and in one second, in a, in a millisecond there with what I found, lording their new tool over someone else, they do damage to the very effort they're trying to make. Yeah. Oh, God. How fragile uh, relationships yeah. are. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, so, as if it's, it's as if really good communication is really, really hard. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <It> hmm. <may> be. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you might actually do a communications conference. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, so let's, let's, I, I think we got the words down now. So let's talk about the, the other important aspect of this, which is, and people can't see, is the body language. Right. Yeah, this is embarrassing. I was sitting here moving backwards and forwards toward the microphone using my body language when I was doing these. Um, I've said to, to many groups before, um, people born blind at birth still gesture because the gesture the 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 the, play, the, the, the motor uh, uh, centers of the brain that control our ability to gesture are inextricably linked to our speech the parts of our brain that control our speech it is normal to gesture there's almost no one who doesn't gesture in the world um, um, uh, people who say they don't gesture just gesture very small and it's okay to gesture small um, where you are is okay in terms of gesturing although if you're gesturing in one way when you're working with somebody who's gesturing different from you you're missing an opportunity to close some of the misunderstanding gap some of the lack of communication gap by changing your behavior that said um, let's talk about the body language for, for this particular phrase. Um, now, I don't know that this is something that was taught to me in sales training, to be honest. Um, but actually, a number of years ago, I found myself using a, a repetitive set of body language um, that really seems to complement the verbal language we're using here. Um, <clears throat> and I think we'll have to put up some video at some point showing these actions. 
and and you know think about it mike we may even put up two versions one for the more expressive folks the d's and i's and one for the less expressive say the s's and c's out there um you know bigger gestures and smaller gestures and so on um that's a great idea i love but it for now look it's it's pretty easy um when you say the feel step um and by the way let, let's assume for a moment that um uh, not, not that everyone normally stands this way, um, but it's not far from how a good majority of people stand when they're talking. Let's assume for a moment that my upper arms are hanging at my sides and I have my elbows bent at a, roughly about 90 degrees um, and my hands are somewhere around my midsection. Okay. And they're in front of me. Uh, they're not hanging loosely at my sides the way they would to start a start a presentation. Um, you, you could almost think that this is where my hands would be. If I were holding, it probably overkill, but 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 a candle in a in a church service or a synagogue or a, a mosque, uh, um, you know, just you're cupping something in your hands. You don't have to be cupping, but I'm just saying your hands right around in front of your midsection, um, or above your belt line or something along in in those areas. Okay, so your hands are there. Let's just agree on that as a starting point. When you say the feel step, you simply gesture with an open hand or, or two open hands towards the other person. In general, when you gesture toward another person, it's more effective, unless you want them to shut up, um, to, to have the backs of your hands down towards the floor. When I coach executives, as a general rule, and some people are going to laugh at this, but it's true, if you can see the backs of your own hands when you're gesturing or reaching towards another person, when you're trying to communicate with them as opposed to shutting them down, if you can see the backs of your hands there's a good chance you're actually hurting the connecting part of your delivery. Okay. One way to think about body language here in step one is to just slide your hand or your hands waist high or thereabouts. By the way, for most people, particularly young people, your waist is much higher than you realize. Okay. Um, um, basically you slide your hands waist high um, towards the other person. Okay. In step two, when we say felt, you slide that hand or hands back toward yourself. It's a little bit like, I mean, this will sound corny, but for those who have heard it, the junior medicine ball technique, <laughs> which we talked about in the answering questions uh, in a presentation cast. I don't know. It's been a year or two, three years ago. Um, generally, you want to bring your hands back toward you while keeping your palms toward you as if you're gathering something in you're gesturing toward yourself you're catching something um yeah for for me it's this third step that has some real power here yeah yeah so we've give we slid our hands forward now we're sliding them back um when you get to the found step we recommend that you gesture toward your side away from directly between you and the other person the intent of this is to send a message which says, let's set aside the difference we used to have. Okay. It's basically saying, let me show you how to get past this to set it aside and move on to solutions or to effective actions. It looks like maybe you had been holding something close to you. And as you move your hand or your hands to your side, uh, it ends up looking like you're passing a plate perhaps um, to someone else. Usually your palms are up. Although the orientation of your hands aren't as important in this step because it's not involving the other person, it's, it's toward your side. Um, maybe think of a slow motion dealing of a card to your left or right. Um, 
or again, passing something to someone beside you. Yeah. One thing I've noticed is that when you do this, your movements are pretty subtle. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of times when we talk about gestures, people assume that they have to be big. They have to be showy. Um, you don't have to do that much to reinforce this message. Um, people don't watch your hands. They usually watch your face. Um, and of course if they're not looking at you at all. The gesture won't matter whether you do it big or small. Um, I guess unless you hit them or something, but, but, um, no, if they're going to be looking at your face, if they're paying attention to the words, the, the your gestures happen in the background to them, but it, but it still nonetheless reinforces it. If you were holding your hands in front of your belt line when you started, they may not have to move more than six to eight inches forward. And then, of course, back roughly the same difference. And then maybe eight inches or so to the side. Um, it's not a pantomime. It's not a, it's not a mime show at all. Um, it's a gentle compliment to the words you're using. And when you use this t technique a hundred times, um, you'll know you'll have the body language about perfect when you don't even think about it. It just happens. You discover your hands are moving in that direction. Um, and, and by the way, the reason they do that is because that's what happens when you practice effective communications or effective management or effective career behaviors. When you practice and practice and practice and practice, it becomes second nature, like driving your car to work. If you've ever driven your car to work and you can't even remember the drive, that's your brain taking over and doing it for you. So you can then pretend to think that you're safe in your car while you're texting on your Blackberry. Um, what, what what effective managers know is we learn something new, we discover what works, and then we practice it until it becomes second nature so we don't have to consciously think about it. We want to move from conscious competence to unconscious competence. And when you do it the first few times um, after it becomes second nature, the gestures happen as second nature, It, it I got to say, it feels pretty good. Yeah. And, and it feels pretty awkward when you're first doing it. So this is one of those things I yeah. encourage you. Yeah, it does. You know, and that, but, but that's true of life, right? The first time you do something, you stink at it. That's just the yeah. nature of life. That, that one of the great things about the human condition is we can learn new things. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. So I, th I think that's it, right? Right. Good. Okay. So, so what we're talking about here is just using feel, fell, found in conflict or situations where you have some agreement. You may not even think of it as conflict to think of it as disagreement. And right. then we say, I hear what you feel. I felt that way before. And then what I found is, and then you complement it with some subtle body language. That's it. Good, good wrap up. Thanks, partner. Excellent, my friend. We'll see you. That's it, everyone. We're all done. No part two on this one. All in 30 minutes or less. Hey, before we go, though, I've gotten a number of phone calls and emails asking about uh, availability of slots at our upcoming November 11 and 12 Atlanta Effective Manager Conference. We do have slots. They're going quickly, but we do have some left. So if you're interested in attending, we'd love to have you there. You'll find more information on the website, www.managertools.com. All right. We'll see you all next week. So long.